All right, we're live. Joe's Mini Bike Reunion, the inaugural El Numero Uno podcast. And I'm sitting in with the man himself, Evil Ed. Evil Ed's going to fill us in on a lot of his escapades in this mini bike world shortly. But I want to welcome everybody to being a part of the podcast. Uh, we're going to try to blow this thing out, oh, I don't know, every couple weeks. It's a bi-weekly. Um, I'm Joe Sebergandio, and I'm a mini bike fanatic just like you guys are. Um, I started off mini bikes like in the 60s. Um, I was a young kid living in upstate New York in the projects, and I really didn't have much game, you know? Uh, I, I didn't have much, and I, I, I knew that these mini bikes, I used to read about them in the back of the Boy's Life magazine and see those small little ads for the mini bike kits, and I just, I had to get my mini bike, and I, I had no money, I had like no job, I was a, a young punk, and I... I would do anything I can to save a little extra money to buy that $99 mini bike kit, you know? And I, I saved quarters, and I cried, and I moaned, and ultimately, my mom, she came through. Uh, she had a little bit of help. Uh, we rolled out to, I lived in upstate New York, and we rolled out from Utica, New York, to a little place in Marcy, and it was a place that sold lawnmowers and tillers and all that agricultural junk. And in front of that parking lot, there must have been 20 mini bikes, uh, three horsepower or five horsepower. And they had different colors and they had different color frames and engines and they were all bozos. And all you guys back east and even some guys out here like Scott out in uh, Palmdale, wherever the hell you are. Some of the guys even out here on the West Coast have bozo. But bozo was one of those brands that was kind of an East Coast bike. And I, I got my bike. I got to pick it out. Uh, my mom had a 66 Barracuda. We barely got that bike in the back of the trunk and we drove it home. And when I got home, my parking lot was full of all the kids who lived <laughs> in the projects. And it was as if I was bringing home a movie star. Uh, 50 of them helped me unload it. And many of the 50 guys that helped me unload it were the guys who were kicking my ass the day before, right? Or the guys who wouldn't talk to me. And, and now all of a sudden... All the attention's on me over this mini bike, you know. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm gone from like nobody to the, the 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 cool kid. And this mini bike had one of those gas tanks, and it had the visible dial, you know. So it told you when the gas tank was full. You could tell because the meter would be all the way to the top. Well, because I was such an idiot, and because I was so naive, I thought for sure that if you bought a mini bike, especially for ninety nine dollars. Well, the Christ, they'd give you a little gas. So I, I thought, although the, the needle was down all the way, I had no idea that meant that there was no gas in the bike. <laughs> so again, fast forward to us being in the parking lot with everybody in the world, 20, 30 kids, and watching me with this mini bike, just waiting for me to start it up and ride it. And for a friggin' half hour, we pulled that pull starter. And we pulled it. And we pulled it. And we pulled it. And we pulled it. And it didn't start. None of us had mini bikes before we were poor kids living in the projects all the rich kids had the honda 70s with the electric star we're in there trying to get this thing started and my mom had had enough of it she had enough of everything the crowd the noise she helped get it loaded we drove all the way back to marcy which is not what she wanted to do make no mistake about it she did not want to drive to friggin marcy to go drop the stupid mini bike off that she knew incidentally was going to be the biggest mistake she ever made <laughs> So we bring the bike all the way back to Marcy. 
My mom, she ain't taking no shit. She goes out to the place. She finds the guy who sold us the mini bike. She's tapping him on the chest. And next thing I knew, the guy's like laughing. And she looks at me and, you know, she gives me that look like, you dumb bastard. Well, there was no gas in it. There was no gas in the bike, right? We we get the gas in the bike. We bring it back. And everybody's there, they're still there waiting. And it was cool because it started. And I took that little first lap around the projects around the garbage shed and came down and when i was coming down i was like hitting the the victory lab at daytona and from then on it was a different world brother you know i i had no idea about mini bikes all i knew is that it gave me um it gave me like my first dose of um true hands-on experience basic you know mechanical um pieces of information that you have to know you have to know how to you know in that place, they had, in this case, they had disc brakes, so you had to you had to know that. Um, if the carburetor, they had those diaphragms at the time. Like no one knew what a diaphragm was, and if you did, it wasn't for a mini bike. <laughs> so so the, you know we had to clean out the diaphragms and keeping the chain lubricated. You know we were spraying hairspray in there. I remember when we first started, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So so I learned a lot on that friggin' mini bike. And again, it gave me that coolness. I I rode that mini bike in the daytime. I rode it in the friggin' nighttime. I rode it in the rain. I rode that thing in the snow. The two months that I had to used to take it from my house and put it in my Aunt Antoinette's cellar because the weather would get so bad in upstate New York that you know you you couldn't just leave it <clears throat> in the garage because it would it would rust up. So I used to store it down there for two grueling months, sometimes three months because the weathers were nasty. And when I would get that bike out every year, the few years that I had it, it was magical. Um, I. I love that bike. Um, and I I pissed off a lot of people with that bike too in that apartment complex. Make no mistake about it. To the point that we had to move. Um, when we got to the new place, as anxious as I was to be the cool kid with the mini bike in the old apartments, well, when we moved to the new apartments, which incidentally were new, um, man, I was on top of the world. I'm getting ready to roll into these new 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 apartments and I'm gonna have my new mini bike and I'm gonna go tear this place up and I'm gonna show people who I am, right? Well, we're all loading the furniture, taking them all day. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this friggin' mini bike to get out of the truck. All of a sudden, I'm inside the house, I come back, the truck's gone. So I asked my mom, I said, where's my mini bike? She goes, sit down. I sit down. I said, come on, where's the mini bike? There's no more mini bike. <laughs> Roger, the son of a bitch from Upstate Furniture Store on Bleecker Street, New York, if I ever find you. My mom, uh, instead of paying the 65 bucks for the move, <laughs> gave Roger the mini bike. Uh, and, 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 you know, I was, I was, I was shell-shocked, man. It was like not just losing your girlfriend and your dog, but it was like it was all that. And I, I knew that I would get mine. I... I, I, I I was going to get some mini bikes when the when I had my way, and and fast forward now, at fifty six, I don't know. I, I started getting into this when I was in my forties. I've had fifteen twenty bikes. There's bikes everywhere around here, and I love them. I, I love the simplicity of them. I love the fact that it really kind of got me into cars. You know, really, really, you know, it it got me on that path to the point that um, I'm doing this podcast. And to the point that um, I've become a collector and I've become like an ambassador and a spokesperson for this little hobby, this little sport of ours. And I've loved every damn minute of it uh, up until about, I don't know, 
like five years ago, I decided, in fact, it was something that my daughter Nicole said. She said, you know, you have so many mini bikes, you ought to have your own show. You know, your own mini bike event. And I laughed and then I thought about it. It's like, you know what, she's probably right. And I started Joe's mini bike reunion. And, um, and that's kind of why I'm here is that I want to talk about things. And uh, this first show, the easiest decision I had to make was who my first guest was going to be. Uh, and he's none other than Evil Ed, Ed Roulette, who uh, has been with me uh, ever since I jumped into the scene. And believe me, he was making the scene happen way before I was around. But Ed, uh, welcome to the show. Sorry hey. for the long-winded intro, but um, man, I really appreciate the fact that you would uh, bounce out here. Although you've been bouncing out here, it seems like every other week anyways, yeah. with the things we've been going on. But welcome to the show, man. How are you? All right. You? Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I'm all right. Doing all right. Did you work today? Yes. Um, hey, it's for really the folks that don't know. Tell, it's really tell the, getting in the way of building mini bikes. All the work? <laughs> yes. I was going to say, tell the folks what you do during your day job. I think everybody knows you. You're definitely doing the mini bike. Well, thing, I actually but. have two jobs. One is like shipping and receiving and making little kits up for this guy that makes computer screen holders and computer printer tray holders and all kinds of weird stuff you can move around left from your desk and you just got these little dobs and you turn them you can move your stuff any way you want anyway that's what i do f most of the time and then my other friend has a shop which i do some painting he's a fabricator so he's i don't know he does like Whatever anyone comes in, someone wants a garage door out of metal, he'll make one. Someone wants a staircase, he'll make it. Someone wants window frames out of metal, he'll make them. Anything. Well, he's making some uh, signs right now, and they need to be painted. They're like little, they look like for sale signs, but they're not. They're going to be for an apartment in Beverly Hills. And these little signs are going to have the apartment number on them, each one. There's like, he said there's like 45 of them. All well, different, uh, all unique, all kind of one-off pieces that you guys are creating yeah, over there? Yeah, well, that's got to be cool, right? Yeah, it's all right, but that gets into my mini bike building on the weekends. Yeah, you're making it seem like it's this mundane kind of, oh, oh, I'll put this piece it. together. I'm sure it's probably really cool stuff. But, you know, um, it's like I have projects that I started a year and a half ago. I haven't even touched them. They got dust on them so thick, I don't even think I can find them anymore. I, I can't answer the question when people ask off the cuff. It's like, well, how many bikes do you have? I, I just, I don't lie, but it, like I just ballpark nuts. Like, I think there's 12. I remember the time I said, I think there was 20 or... I look around now, like I forgot about, I ran into Mini Bike Paul, uh -huh. we all know what's happening to Mini Bike Paul. Yeah, I did a bunch of work for him. Yeah, um, in, in fact, um, I was fortunate enough to grab his Paul, but I I got that thing, I was ecstatic, and then I, I forgot about it, I had the <laughs> thing until you popped over the other day. Excuse me, there you go, I haven't even had the pizza yet. Um, yeah, so the collection, excuse me, the collection, I really, I don't know how many bikes are here, or lurking down at a few other spots that we, we hold out. How many are in your collection now when you think about it? Can, do you remember? Do you know? Well, at one time I had like 10. And I keep them in the house. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, I can't even walk in the house anymore. I got to get rid of some of these. So I sold off a few. Then I decided I wanted to build a couple different ones. So the, the herd got bigger. And Primarily then, bonanzas, weren't you? Getting... Yeah, I, I kind of like bonanzas. Why? Have... What, what is it about the bonanzas? That... Okay, well, when I was a little kid, long, long time ago, 
We're talking like fifth grade. They had wheels back then? Yeah. Tires on it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth grade. Probably in the 60s, like 67. My friend, he always told me, come on over. Come on over. I want to show you something. So one day I went over there, and there's this, I remember, bright blue Bonanza 5 horse. Oh, yeah. His bomb bought it for him. Chrome and exhaust? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah he had that, the chrome exhaust. What are those, the BC? 1400? Yeah, well, 1300. Oh, 13, okay. Yeah, yeah. it was a 1300, and um, it was pretty fast. So I rode it a few times after school, and it was get. Well, I can't hang out if I don't have a mini bike, so I had to go home and talk my parents into buying me one. Now, where was this? Where where did you grow up? You were in the valley, right? I grew up in Van Nuys. Okay, and this is when? This is like in the... This is like 68, 67, 68, somewhere around there. His bike was brand new. I think it just came out with the... They had them at uh, some shop, I think it was on Woodley, called Delta Pit Stop. I think they had a couple there. What were they selling for at that time, Ed? Like you know, 180 bucks or something. That was something. a lot, actually. It's 180 for yeah. a new one. Yeah. So I got my dad talked into it. And well, that was the easy part. Yeah, you know. And you so we looked on. Back then, you didn't have a computer or Craigslist. Yeah. So you had to get the newspaper and look at the ads that were in the newspaper. Or drive around and you'd see, like, one in the they window grew- at a tire store. Yeah, or something like that. Right, you know, attempting so you every freaking time So we went over to it. that Delta pit stop, and he goes, no, nah, I can't afford one of those new ones. Let's let's go home and see if we can get you a used one. I said, oh, okay. So that was a heartbroken day. Yeah, but you but were taking it anyways, right? About a week or so later, one popped up in the the Valley Green Sheet. Fifty bucks. So my dad called him. We went there, started it up. I rode it up and down the street, and you I know. ended up taking it home. That was it, huh? So I rode it over to my friend's house, and we went riding all over those side streets. We didn't have to worry about cops because it was all side streets over there. There wasn't a lot of traffic. There weren't a lot of, it well, wasn't all taken by homes yet at the time no, either, no, right? There's no. a lot there of dirt. Was, right? Yeah, there yeah. was some dirt lots on the corners of the streets and yeah. stuff. So we could ride in there. And and how many was in your pack? Like, did you have two or three guys? You have like a pack of four we or five guys. We just had two. Is really? Yeah, yeah, okay. It seemed like everyone else's parents wouldn't let them have a mini bike. <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked the question. When I got mine, um, <clears throat> it was me, um, one other big black dude, Charles. Ironically, when you say big black dude, Charles in our industry, Charles like drag mini drag bike, bike, bike. Uh, who'll be another guy. I can't wait to get our our viewers in front of uh, doing some great things. What's happening, Charles? Um, yeah, there was me, one other black dude you don't mess around with. He had a five horsepower Tecumseh with a Bonanza, and he didn't stop for you to tell you or tell him that you liked it. He just drove by, man. He was he he. He was on a mission to just ride that mini bike, but he didn't hang with me, that's for sure. And then two other guys. One of them had a... I hated him. He had like one of those KV-75s, those oh, Kawasaki's. Yeah, Kawasaki's rich little, yeah. nah, nice guy. Um, and then one other gal who had a CT-70. Oh, really? Yeah, 69, I think. 
So in those people, they they had houses, they had real, they they lived, they weren't kids in the projects, like they weren't kids buying them out of the green sheet. So so we didn't have a lot of folks. So I w- I would kind of envision you being there in the valley, just turning up with a group of guys riding mini bikes. Yeah, most of the uh, it was just me and this other guy, and then we eventually we went to the same junior high together. Well, once we got into junior high, then we met a few more kids with mini bikes because it was like different areas yeah. you know going to the one school from grammar school from grammar yeah, school sure. to junior high yeah. you had people from the other side of the street yeah coming to that school that you never saw when you were going to elementary school did you taste a little bit of what i did which was a little bit of being kind of cool because you had the bike yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There was I that mean, little people fraternity. wanted to start hanging out with you so they could ride your bike yeah and, and every one of those bastards when they rode it they would either drop it or <laughs> get hurt <laughs> um, so so there you are with your buddies. Where would you guys ride? Just in the streets. What about these? I heard about these guys riding to the friggin' ocean, man. Well, we used to ride the street, was a main street. We'd ride that to the railroad tracks. Okay. Okay, back then the railroad tracks didn't have any fences up. So you could ride along the tracks on the side of the tracks for miles. Sure. And no one broke your balls either, right? When you're no. Not yet. So we would go to the railroad tracks like every day after school. Yeah, and just ride, right? Yeah, we'd all go home, jump on our mini bikes, and head over to the tracks. Two tanks? Did you go through two tanks? No, I might. I, I, you know, it was so long ago, I think I'd fill it up, get a uh, like a, a gallon can yeah, and then fill it up yeah. and then fill the mini bike up every day before I would ride it to make sure. And we would just ride on one tank of gas every day. I, the reason why is I always remember that those two tank days always were the coolest ones. Like when you were riding those mini bikes and you were going for two tanks <laughs> and that thing wasn't either broken or you hadn't gotten in any serious trouble where the cops didn't take it from you or something. Um, so, so the, were those guys actually going that far? Would they take those train tracks? To- yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we took the tracks from from Van Nuys into, I would say, not Reseda, but on the where Van Nuys would cut into Reseda. Yeah, we would take it that far. But our main deal was like on Saturdays. There was a place called Delta Pit Stop on Woodley Boulevard, Woodley Avenue. So they had all the bikes. We would take the, the tracks down to Woodley and then cut down Woodley and, and go hang out at Delta Pit Stop. Cool. And that's that when you started getting into fixing the bikes up a little yeah, bit more, maybe swapping one, out the wheels. One, or the... one day I got home, went to start the bike back up. Yeah, it's not stopping. Damn, my bike won't go. What's wrong? <laughs> he says, I don't know. Let me rev it up and see. Well, I think your, your clutch is bad. Sure. Oh, oh, how much is that going to cost? Uh, I don't know. We got to load it in the back of my El Camino, 59 El Camino. Oh, Take it be. to your favorite place and ask them how much they would charge to fix it. 15 bucks, wasn't that the deal? It was like 15, yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. Cool deal. But it was like. Comic okay. clutch? <laughs> no, I don't even remember what it was. But all I know is after that clutch broke, it was like, okay, I got to start learning how to maintain yeah. this thing. Well, Just did you even have chain. tools? You, you know, my, my dad had yeah, tools. Yeah, so you, that's the deal, too. We had we had like six tools, and they were all in the fork drawer. So, you know, you, the, your first set of tools for mini bikes is like wherever you can grab them, right? Yeah. See, back then we had carports. We didn't even have garages. They were open carports. All right. And 
my dad was a 55 Chevy nut, hmm. and he liked 59 El Camino. So that's all he ever had. Smart. I love he'd the 59 buy, El Camino. He'd go buy a 55 Chevy for 25 bucks. And then go to the junkyard and buy a $50 motor. Sure. And then put it in. He had all the tools to put it in. Yeah. So all the tools were just out there in the carport. You know, back then, no one was stealing stuff. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. So So that's where you got your that's where you got into hot rods then too. Not only through the mini bike deal, but your dad, right? Yeah, he was yeah. A, yeah, he 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 was a car guy. And uh cracked me up because he would just have the stuff laying around on the shelves in the carport. That's where I saw paint. <laughs> paint in cans. What was it? Was it what was Spray the attraction paint. of the paint? Was it this was it what the paint did? Was uh, like or was going. it the smell? Or was it just it just Well let's see, my mini bike's black, but this color here looks good. So I asked him, Hey, can I borrow that paint right there? He goes, What are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna paint my mini bike. So we masked it up, we painted it that color, and then I'm like, okay, I can do that without him now. <laughs> so if I see another wow. color I like, I'm going to repaint it. Were you any good first time through? No, I got runs. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the paint. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's there all week. Stop that cheap joke, Ed, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you, your paint, um, I, I, I've been the recipient of your paint jobs. There's national companies out there. Huh? <laughs> that, that have been recipients of your paint job. Yeah. And although you, you claim to paint in the dirt, I'll let you paint in the dirt all day long if you paint as well as you do. So whatever the hell you learn. You got to sneak up on the weather when you paint like that. <laughs> hey, my luck, I'd be trying to paint in a day like this. I don't know if you look out at the truck, Ed, we got the official, uh, Emmanuel and I picked this up about a week ago, the Chevy. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and I, um, you know, shameless freaking self-promotion, I, I put those rails on there and I stained it. I did the floor and I did the rails and it rains before it even takes. So, you know, I may have to use some of your painting skills on that pretty soon. But Well, cars are a little different than bike parts. Yeah, we found that out. So I got huh? my stuff rigged up to where I find a nice day. I really don't wet the floor down yeah. because I don't want to be stepping in mud. Right. So I try and get on a non-windy day. Got a few of those out here. Paint as fast as I can and drag it in the house. How do you get it in? <laughs> well, I got like different stands I can already set up. Pick it up yeah. while it's wet on yeah. the stand and go and put it in the house on a table. So then I open up all the doors in the house because I don't want to do it. Yeah, Ed's living by himself, just <laughs> as you can imagine. But I, I I try and get it in the house. For at least like an hour, hour and a half until it gets like dust free and I take it back outside. Let the heat, everything kind of get yeah, to it. Yeah, but right, you know, the first 30, 45 minutes, it's still wet. So you don't want nothing falling in it. Sure. So the painting was something that you were uh, initially drawn to when you were kind of younger. And then the, the nuts and bolts part of it. Um, yeah, I, I was won't... using Cal Custom Candy Colors when I was about 12. Wow. <laughs> So, you, so you, I guess if there's any um, label that you'd give yourself is you're kind of a painter in, in that regard, right? It's kind of what, that's what you started off with. Yeah, that's what yeah. I started out with. I worked at Lockheed for like 10 years painting the stealth, top security clearance, and painting motorcycles. Got into cars, but cars took too long. 
Everybody's painting cars too, right? Who the hell's painting yeah, like a really the cool motorcycle paint jobs got a lot of attention and the work on the stealth. I mean, my God. The, so I was painting a lot of motorcycles and then people would bring me like mini bike frames, bicycle frames and stuff like that that was quick to do. Yeah. And some immediate satisfaction too, right? As a painter, it, yeah. it's nice somebody rolled in that black frame and you, you tricked it out with some purple, you yeah. know, metal flake. You know, you leave that guy smiling and laughing. And um, so in the midst of the bikes, and not so much the cars, but I would imagine the motorcycles, these mini bikes start popping up. How is it, th how is it that the mini bike, that platform, that little rigid frame death trap, how is it that that one captures the, your spotlight, unlike the cars or maybe even the it's big... maybe like your first mechanical experience. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, babe. Yeah, this got thing, it. This is, a, this is cool. This it's is, been with me forever. It just stays with you. Yeah. It just stays with you. It's like, oh, I had so much fun on when I was a kid on this. You know, when I look back at everything, where we used to ride, the railroad tracks, empty lots, drag racing up and down the side streets. And it was just, it's just memory. And you just, you know, you it, have fun. Um, I was reading, I was reading uh, Roadkill, um, which I love. In fact, you'll be in this one day. Oh, okay. Um, you know what they say in Roadkill? It's like, here's the problem we have. It's that what holds you back from pulling out the freaking transmission? What holds you back from painting the car? What holds you back from welding? What holds you back from putting a K-frame in a six-cylinder duster so you can drop a V8 in there? What puts you from doing that is 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 fear. You're afraid you're going to... You're gonna screw up. You're gonna and 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 what they tell you, and they they have fun doing it. Is like, try it, man. Just just try you gotta it. Try it, yeah. And 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 I've seen it. I've seen it where, just start the friggin' job, and watch your guy next door, and watch your neighbor, and watch your cousin come I out. A lot of stuff from my dad, watching him. How put nice, those yeah. Motors in the cars and stuff, and handing him wrenches, and have me a half inch. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's a half inch? The one and a two on it with a slash. <laughs> oh, okay, here it is. <laughs> Next time you ask for it, you felt what one was. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was that. Uh, you know, go grab me the snips. It's like, what's he talking about? Go grab the snips. Like, where are they? It's like, I didn't have the balls to tell him I know what he's talking about, right? It's, it's, yeah, so there's there's that, that, that indoctrination into mechanics. There's that, um, uh, that little hazing that you kind of go through by the guys who... You know, they know you haven't spinned a wrench. They know you don't know where to stick the friggin' oil. Um, that was the other thing on my on my first mini bike. I forgot stupid things like you got to put oil. oil. <laughs> got to check the oil. How about the when when the clutch when the the first time my clutch started to make that noise that we've all heard? Um, you know, it's like, whoa, what's this? You got to lubricate it. It's like what? So, oh, okay, all that stuff um, is at the time. Um, I don't know about you, but my memories, a lot of it were spent on the side of the road trying to get this thing to run, right? That was a lot of it. And so, the, so that riding, you didn't ride every day of the week. You tried to friggin' ride every day of the week, but yeah, you ultimately- always happened to your man. Yeah, right? and if it didn't, it was your buddies. You know, that was just how it went. So it got to be just more of a kind of an experience, whether or not you were gonna actually ride, that was almost secondary. But along the way, whether it was your bike or your buddy's bike that was broken down, you're right there with them. To your point, grab me the wrench or- Oh, you got to change that first. Go to my house and get the gas can. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, right? You just go get the gas can. It's like, why is this? Why is this block cracked? 
Um, hey, look, um, we've uh, we've seen a lot of cool things happen in the mini bike scene, um, but I don't want to get too quick into the current scene because I want to talk about some of the things that are, were a part of the old scene, and a lot of it is mini bike ownership, kind of by region. Uh, I grew up on in upstate New York, as I said, and for some reason, Bonanzas were um, they were popular there, along with the. There was some Arctic Cat action there. There was a little bit of uh, Bozo, as I talked about. Uh, and then there was the traditional mail-order bikes, the JCPenney, Montgomery Wards. Bird. Yeah, B- Bird wasn't one that was like everywhere. Um, and then I, I, I kind of got the sense, and as I look back now, the Midwest was heavy Rupp. You know, a lot of Rupps, Chicago, and even parts of Michigan, where there was an open room where suspension was kind of needed. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to ride your rigid frame bike around a, a cement parking lot in upstate New York rather than riding in a country in Ohio. So so those bikes with the shocks. Yeah. And those typically had, what, four or five horsepower engines. Yeah, three and a half, yeah. fours, five. So the Midwest was kind of rough, and then a mixture, West Coast t- taco, right? Yeah, taco came out. That was cool. Everyone wanted a taco. Steam. I don't think they were made very well, mm-hmm. but everyone, I think, wanted it because the color purple. That yeah. it was. I think that's what it was. That holds true till this day. Uh, people will advertise taco purple, and you know, you, in fact, although most of the ones that they say are original yeah. are far from it, we we all know that. But yeah. but, but then but, they have another mini. Like you look on Craigslist now, everyone's calling their mini bike a taco, and you look at it, go, that's not a taco. It's it's like a Kleenex. It's it's so generic the the expression. Uh, speaking of taco, um, uh, Joe Ravello, uh, uh, Joe's mini bike uh, reunion Hall of Famer. Um, I heard that Joe has uh, got things in motion with his uh, product line. He's got a retail outlet in Santa Ana. Um, I've always loved his website. Um, And if you're interested in taco or if you're interested in maybe finding out what's going on with taco, then uh, check those guys out. Um, But yeah, it was, it was taco out here on the West coast. And then a lot of Honda out here because, you know, let's face it, West coast, people had a little bit more money. And you know, if you were a celebrity or whatever the hell you were on the West coast, you know, typically, they had access to a few more things than maybe guys in the Midwest or East Coast had access to, just generalizing. So they had those nicer bikes. Those were for the rich kids, right? None of us had Hondas. None of us had a Benelli. you get beat up if you bought a Benelli around where we were. You didn't have anything that shifted where I came from. You know, you just had a pull starter. So so the, the way I recall it was that that was kind of the landscape. Taco, kind of heavy West Coast, Bonanza, and, you know, erupt in the Midwest. And then it was... That that was the that was those were the popular bikes. Now, Rutman was pr- Rutman popular. was yeah Rutman was popular Michigan right Michigan, I think they're out of Michigan yeah, yep still popular yeah they still are I I, I just, we're building them hell um, I love those bikes I love every everything about those bikes, um, but those were the frames the engines. You didn't have as many choices. You either had your Tecumseh, Tecumseh or your Briggs or. And, well, back then you had the Max and and some Clintons. Yeah, and um, got a couple of these examples over here. In fact, this is one that um, this is one that you put together. This is a pretty cool one. So oh yeah, me, that's one I read. Yeah, to me, to me, this engine, this Tecumseh, was what I was familiar with. I had this one. This came in the Bozo. Yeah, this one came out. In the, this 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 one was in the Bozo. So we got the Clinton. Um, 
this one wasn't as popular to Quentin in, in kind of the scene. It was the Tecumsehs or the Briggs. And then uh, if you looked around, these were everywhere. And it's a really good engine. And it, it's it's got a spirit from a Briggs, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I heard a story. There used to be a Lomart mini bike. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard Lomart owned Clinton. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. And that's why all the Lomart bikes had Clinton motors in them. Well, there you go. Huh. I'll check into that. Yeah. That's um, what I heard. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on this one. And this one is, um, this one's a virgin, Eddie. You, know, you see things like the paint still on the exhaust. I um, did a Clinton motor for a guy on a, a, I guess it might have been an early 60s or a late 50s yeah. uh, bicycle. Okay. And it had a Clinton motor on the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, And it, it, it was a conversion to convert your bike into this. Motorized, motorized contraption. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it had a mini bike rear wheel on it instead of like a 26-inch tire on it. Yeah. Converted it to a mini bike wheel in the back. Okay. It had the 26-inch wheel in the front. front. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> well, now nothing's weird, man. I've started to see some of the things that are on there. But he uh, he he builds those kind of bikes. Yeah. He lives in Santa Paula. I didn't realize how cool that scene was. In fact, I'm actually... Uh, I'm just going to say it now. I, I want those bikes at my show. So if you've got one of these bikes converted into powered, engine-powered bikes... You have to get a hold of them and yeah. see if you bring it out. Yeah, we can. Um, but back to the motors, it was really kind of, in my view, like a, a two-man race with the Tecumsehs and the Briggs. And I have been uh, a little bit more of a fan of the Tecumsehs. And I love this one. This was a four-horse that came out of uh, a chopper. In fact, that may be it back there. Thank you, Steve, on the chopper. Um, I've always loved these choppers. This is the CR400. Uh, this came out. It was not the original engine, as you and I both found out. This one was from Sears, I think. Yeah. But you put this engine together, and this engine had been in that bike since, like, 1968, right? You get this thing, you bring it home, you take it apart. What do you find in this that comes after a zillion years? What, like, what did you have to deal with on this particular rebuild do you remember ed yeah the, the, usually the uh the valve t the tappets are way out of adjustment okay and so solid lifters so, so most of the time the valve guys are shot because they're out of adjustment and people don't understand that they can adjust them and on the side the time, right? they've been run low on oil for a long time so everything's kind of kind of smells burning in there when you open it up like it's too late by then when you've opened it up and you got that funk yeah yeah it's too much um they still keep running though don't isn't it yeah, ama they, it's amazing they, because they, run, they they run forever um so you had that to deal with uh other predictable things like what carburetor obviously we, we, we yeah, swap the that out right they have a little valve in there that gets uh uh stuck in there if the gas dries out and then they won't work uh, and, and although it's nice to keep that original equipment on there, your results have found that it's been a little bit simpler. Sometimes instead of rebuilding them, just to to R and R them with all the cool carbs that are out there now. I mean, I, I think didn't we do that with this one as well? Did we rebuild? Yeah, this one? Well, this, yeah. that's a later model carburetor on yeah. there. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so we don't worry about 
taking apart 60-year-old engines and finding cracked pistons or they need new camshafts like cars. I mean, did you have to go that deep into this? No. Or, yeah. What that would cause? in pretty good shape when I tore it apart. So that tells you that it's kind of a little miles. It's examples of, of the wear and tear that'll tell you whether or not But I did thing. tear it apart and checked everything, made sure everything was good. Re so, reseated the uh, valves and um, when I reseated them, the, uh, the lash came back together and uh the the rings and everything look pretty good in there yeah i i the cylinder looked good i had a chance to um use a, a variety of engines and i wanted to just keep that four horsepower because that's what was designed for that thing mm -hmm. you know as tempting as it is to drop in the five horse and i think we've got a five horsepower laying around here um briggs is another world briggs yeah. i i purchased um, from the same guy, actually, Steve. It was a good day for me. It was a good engine pick for me. I got some Clintons. Got the bike with the Tecumseh. <laughs> I got, I've got that Ironcast uh, Briggs that uh, Jake Moe's putting together now on Frankenstein. Oh, okay, I saw that. Yeah. And that was one that was used. Those, those engines were were originally designed to keep like heaters going. So it's got all these crazy valves on there. And I, I didn't get a chance to delve into the Briggs. Um, I hear a lot of good things about those too, and as a result, I continue to be looking for Tecumsehs and for Brigstrad and Briggs engines. Been around forever. Though. Yeah. Um, in fact, I need your help finding a five horsepower for me for the Powell. Um, well, look, um, we're going to take a little bit of a break as we kind of lead into the second part of things. Um, what do you think so far? The podcast thing's kind of cool to me because well, this is my know, first one. It's. <laughs> pretty interesting yeah it's just you know people were asking about it and you know in my mind i had somewhat of a of a script but uh i've got miss minibike and cousin eddie in, in the house special guest karma cool. you know we were supposed to tape this thing last night and something happened and we changed it and it just turns out that this is the night that he surprises he's coming here so it's all for a reason and like that's that's the reason why i think we do this i hear so many of these guys on the, our Facebook and our different mini bike uh, websites and um, Twitter, all that stuff. All these guys say they just want a little attention. They just need a little bit of spotlight. And it's like, I can't do that in the car world. It's like, there's, there's guys out there doing that. We can't do that in the motorcycle world. I can't do that in other markets. There's people out there, music, acting, all that stuff. With mini bikes, it's, it's within reach. And yeah. you know, whether it's a little bit of an effort or a little bit of help, and I get a lot of it. Uh, from a lot of my sponsors, uh, it's it's something that it's within grasp, and we're going to make a little bit something of it because they are so cool. So we'll talk a little bit more about uh, why these cool mini bikes have uh, kept the attention of guys that are we're closer to being dead than we're closer to being alive now, but they still got our, our attention, Ed. And we'll talk a little bit why uh, mini bikes are cool and why you guys need to be not only getting into them, but go buy one. Like go buy a mini bike. Go to Craigslist. Go to eBay, go anywhere, go to the swap meet, buy a mini bike, um, work on it, take it apart, clean it, learn how to do something, buy an engine for 99 bucks. If you have to buy a Harbor freight engine and then ride that thing and, and get your buddy to help you or come on this show and send us a question. If you got a problem, we're going to help you out. But that's what it's all about. It's all about getting them and, and buying them and enjoying them. And we're going to talk a little bit about buying your bikes or finding that bike that you had when you were a kid like me. It's like, I want to find my Bozo, so you're going to help me do that. But um, guys that are out there now that 
Maybe they can't drop down 25 grand on them Nova. Man, you give me 2,500 bucks, we'll find you a badass Rutman chopper and we'll put together a badass motor and some nice wheels and you'll be the hit of that car show. People will be walking by those $25,000 Novas walking in your mini bike. So that's what it's all about. Um, when you get that bike purchased and you get it built, you got to be at Joe's Mini Bike Reunion, which is October the 1st here in beautiful La Crescenta. It's our fifth annual and we are uh, going to do it well. We're going to be giving away a roller from um, Frank and Brian over at F&B Racing. Uh, those guys have been really making some things happening on the custom mini bike scene. In fact, we're going to have those guys on the podcast soon. Uh, you know me. I give a ton of stuff away. Ed, you're, you're wearing some of that stuff now. You uh, know, this is the Hall of Fame hat. I yeah. earned this one. Yeah, speaking of the Hall of Fame, congrats on that again. We'll be, uh, in fact, on our next episode, we'll announce the Hall of Fame inductees for this coming year. Oh, okay. And I think that uh, one of them is going to be near and dear to you. In fact, uh, one of them, uh, I'm very happy to say that I was introduced to by you. Uh, the other one uh, is someone who's an icon in this industry, and I'm doing my best to get him out here. Um I hope so. Yeah. So so we got some cool stuff coming. Um, we, we're going to br bring the dyno back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, the dyno's yeah, coming back. That was cool. I think a lot of guys like that. I, I've already heard about guys that are, are going to come now just because of the dyno, or they're going to build bikes particularly for the dyno. We actually found out exactly how much horsepower they're putting out. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a lot of that. Um, and I took some risk with those dynos last year, man. I, had, um, I have to have better control, and I want it to be visible. It was enclosed last year. Yes. And it was like a time bomb was going to go off. So I was a little bit, so this year we're going to set it up and it's going to be visible. And uh, that's going to be something that's uh, going to be really cool about the event. Plus, I got a few things in store that I want to let the cat out in the bag right now. But uh, kind of kind of the things that you like, like Miss Mini Bike coming back. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of the guys from Roadkill. Dave Freiberger and his son oh, came okay. up and hooked up. They've been big supporters of the show as well as Hot Rod, the Mini Bike show since its inception. Uh, in fact, our video, which is available on YouTube, Mini Bike Mayhem, is over 3 million views. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Was, a lot of that was shot right here with a lot of these bikes, so check it out. In fact, if you haven't seen Mini Bike Mayhem on YouTube, do that during the break, and we'll be back in a little while. Uh, it's Joe's Mini Bike Reunion Podcast, and uh, you're not here, but uh, we are. Right. We're back at Joe's Mini Bike Reunion Podcast. You took a little break. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, so uh, we're new to all this, and uh, <laughs> I may have misled some of you folks on the Periscope. It's uh, Hitman 5521, we're out of L.A., so uh, that's the deal. Uh, I'm here with Evil Ed, and... Uh, <laughs> We're, I thought we were. I thought we were on for the last fifteen minutes, <laughs> but we weren't. Shut up, cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie's back there. They they come from out of state to break our chops, right? So uh, all that time, Ed, I thought you and I were having like a good uh, podcast moment. None of this shit was even being <laughs> being that's recorded. What I, that's what I thought. <laughs> so let's replicate that. Um, no, what we're just talking about is uh, giveaways. And uh, sponsors, and and we've got a lot of them. 
and we also talked about the fact that it's just in my makeup, man. I just come from that world. Um, so we've got um, some promotions that are going to be available, offering some products from everybody from CRC to Pioneer to Mothers um, and many, many, many others. Uh, we've got copies of Roadkill Magazine that will be given away. In fact, I just got a stash of Roadkill Magazine bumper stickers, and I've got to give you one. Ooh. I put one on the truck. I got like 100 miles an hour uh, increase in performance, man. It, it <laughs> was like you? immediate. I don't know if that big block we stuck in there helped. Um, hey, and behind the scenes, you can't see him. It's Emmanuel. And Emmanuel, I just want to say much love, big brother. Um, we're, we're doing what we can out here. Thanks for all the help and all the setup. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this, Ed. He was out here for hours. Yeah, I know. I was like, before and I got home, I looked on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh man, look at Joe's garage. <laughs> and it's tight. Like, Cables look around. Everywhere. Like, if you look around, this is a tight squeeze. Oh, yeah. And it's like, don't scratch the friggin' Ducati. Don't scratch the Ducati. You know, it's don't like he's running in here with these things, they're 10 feet tall. Uh, I found the rat fink behind you, dug oh. that thing up. Do you remember those old rat fink bikes, Ed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My friend had one. Um, so giveaways. Yeah, man, this is what this is all about. So if you're listening uh, or watching or whatever the hell you can do, uh, Periscope viewer, um, Emmanuel will be uh, kind of be your tour guide on how you have a chance to get your ex or get your hands around some of this stuff. Uh, but make no mistake about it. And for anybody that's been to my show, Ed, we had talked about that. I love giving stuff away because it's just great win for everybody. It's all the manufacturers of the these cool parts, whether it's the actual part or whether it's novelties like, I don't know, patches and hats and all that good stuff. Uh, it's all about branding. It's all about making it happen. And thanks for um, thanks for representing, man. Um, we tried so many. A couple years old already. Yeah, it's vintage now, right? We got it's the vintage, hoodies. It's vintage. Mentioning that Hall of Fame, Ed, um, you know, when I came up with the idea about having the event, um, I um, I just, I, Ray Lipper, the owner for Centerline Racing Wheels, uh -huh. um, a good good guy and a good friend, when everybody was making the latest, greatest wheel ad with more wheel photos in the ads and three models and six cars, Ray kept it clean. One I wheel. remember his ads. Yeah, one wheel, one message, and, you know, kind of keeping it clean is what I've always tried to do, too, you know? So, um, and I take my lead from folks that are already successful. Ray would watch big companies outside of the automotive industry and how they advertise, and it was always one image and one statement. SEMA is another example of that. Those of you may see the SEMA garage sign back there. In fact, if you're into cars and you're on the West Coast, you have to get to Diamond Bar and check out the SEMA garage. And the SEMA Cruise, which... Uh, I went to SEMA last year. <laughs> you did. We had a good time. That's with the CRC build. Yep. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But my my uh, my point was that I always tried to steal a little bit of thunder from proven examples. And uh, one of those things that I stole from SEMA is their Hall of Fame. Um, I, was, uh, I was lucky enough a few years back to be asked to be the host for the Hall of Fame. And... Uh, I was completely surprised, and I to this day I, I still really I, I don't think I'm totally aware of just how cool of, the, of a gig that is. But uh, I've I've watched how the Hall of Fame in that room amongst your peers uh, and being recognized amongst your peers, the guys that really count. How valuable and how cool of a feeling that was for the folks that got recognized. And you know, I come popping up. 
out of nowhere. Who would like have an event? You know, hey, who wants to go to the, this mini bike event? Or who'd be interested in a mini bike magazine? No one knew me. Right. I didn't know you when I saw those ads. No one did. And and I didn't, I, I don't think I, like, I probably know me and my style. I, I probably didn't. I wasn't, like, socially. I asked Guardrail. I go, who's this guy in Rocker Santa Joe, Bonanza Joe? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a bad sign, right? You know, <laughs> no, the Guardrail know. Dave's in the scene. He wants, and, to, he wants to have a mini bike show up there somewhere. So. It's probably a pedophile. Who the hell are you? I was like, who is this freaking <laughs> yeah, guy, right? So, well, let's just hang loose and see what happens. Yeah, like it won't happen, right? That's was typically the deal. And I think that was kind of the, that's a, that's what I got. I got that like from the old minibike.com guys and some of the re, uh, responses to things like the Hall of Fame. It's like, well, who are you to have a Hall of Fame? Or who are you to have an event? And I, I used to joke about it because I didn't know any of you guys. Uh, I was so naive to think that I would just put together an event or try to get something going on the scene and that it would just be nothing but roses and freaking red carpets. And, and, and dude, I got to tell you that most of the, the back noise I got was skepticism. And everybody thought I was like in it to make like money on the event. Well, that's what oh. everyone thinks right away when something new comes up. So what do in you guys the cars, think? cars and the mini bikes, same thing, motorcycles. Anytime the first thing comes, oh, someone just found out they think they can make a lot of money putting on a show. Yeah, not really. Some people just like to put on a show, you know? Yeah, believe it or not, right? Yeah. And I fell into that category where it was, it, this was, my wife gets to listen to this shit, but she, you don't want to know, you don't want to know, like, hard dollars what goes into putting these. Well, it takes a lot of work. And multiply it by four going on five each time. Yeah. So it, it, if it, it wasn't a for-profit, yet the reception among the purists was that, who's this guy, to your point, out of La Crescenta? Pumping up out of nowhere, exactly. trying to do a, a show, let alone, and then it started to happen. And, you know, I would meet face-to-face, and um, I must admit, looking back, I think you're the only guy who was cool with me right from the very beginning. You let me, you know, let, well, let's, you gave me the benefit of the doubt. It's like, well, let's see what this guy's guy, because if he is like everybody else, he'll be, we won't even hear from him <laughs> in a week. give someone a, you know, a chance, you know. Well, thanks for that. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Uh, Guardrail Dave was uh, like that. Um and it, as I think back, not many others. There may be some others who may have thought that, but I, not so true. Um, I I found out very quickly. I that's when I first found out the passion within this mini bike community. There there was a there was a core, there was a click, and there was this protective zone. There's clicks, right? Yeah, there's mini bike clicks. Um. So so this Hall of Fame thing. When I brought that up, people were like, "Well." Not alone. Here's this guy again, but who is he to select the Hall of Fame? So when I inducted the guys into the Hall of Fame, and I think there were some legitimate choices, right? I think I was asked first, and I turned it down. And I um, told you give it to Mac, right? No. Well, here, here's what I think, if my memory serves me. I know Dave Miller right. was, uh, without question, because I, I had known about him, and Dave's, Dave's work speaks for itself, excuse me, it speaks for itself, as well as the fact that I was into Bonanzas, and that's, that's his deal. Um, so he was an automatic. Um, you became my next target because I was very quickly able to understand that you were the face. Like I would see the evil ed uh, stickers and I would see the photos of you at the, is it, that's another thing too. Is it Winber or Winbear? Winber. Winber. W-I-N-D-B-E-R. Winber, that Winber reunion, yeah. which is, um, I got to get out. In fact, they actually. I've been there twice. Yeah, I, I saw the photos. 
Um, and I'll, I'll go with you next time. In fact, we'll take the trailer. We'll talk more about that trailer. That trailer's banging, boy. It's fun out there. I had a good time. So, yeah. So, I'm looking for. Do you bring one or two bikes? I didn't. I flew. Oh, you flew. So, did people have bikes for you to ride? Was that kind of the deal? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah nice. If you come out, you can ride my bike. Yeah, good. We'll, we'll take, uh, we'll take that. Because it's a long oh. drive, dude. I don't want to be driving to Pennsylvania, oh. especially when I got my show over here. That's one thing that pisses me off about my show is that you can't ride here because it's so oh, yeah. different out here. You can ride all over that place out there. So, um, that, so when I saw, you know, it didn't take too long, as quick as you type in mini bike, that there'd be an evil led bike or a story or a photo. And you've kind of adopted this, um, this face for our industry, you know, the, the beard and the glasses and what you see here, this is, you, you, I don't know what I, you know, you're right, but I like to be low key. Oh, you are. <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm getting stickers made of me and it's like, wait a minute, what Next thing I know, I'm getting this, and I'm, you know, people are wanting me to do this for them. Show up at the event or build and bikes for yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I like to be low key. I'm not, I'm not a Dave Miller. I'm just. But even Dave's low. Dave was low key. I, I found. You know, when he came out, let's face it, the first year, that guy made my show. Thank you, Dave. Um, I like Dave Miller. A lot of people don't like him, but Dave Miller's all right. Well, let's just base it on his bikes. He bought those bikes in there. You know, he had that. That drag Top bike. fuel, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that thing, thing was, was that thing was badass. Um, the other bikes with the rat rod, white wall, oh, yeah, mini yeah, apes, the, the, yep. the, those bikes, and every nut and bolt on those bikes said was was the thought out, engineered. It's a whole different level. It's a whole different level. It, but but he was he was kind of like he was the Hilton. We're we're, we're still we're still Ramada Inn guys, maybe. We're you know we're we'll leave the lights on. We're, the, we're those guys. So he was the bikes he was building was a little bit of a higher, and that, and that wasn't the group I was going for. I wasn't going for the guys building those types of bikes. I was going for the guys who got, you know, I don't know, freaking Novas over there or right, you know, exactly. But is like you and I are into. So this event, um, that when I first threw it out there and these ideas I had, um. I just, I just had to find out that I too had to pay my dues too, and 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 I and I think that through the efforts that you were able to help me get to, as well as the connections that you helped me make, Mac being one of them, that when it came up about my interest in you being in the Hall of Fame, because what I had understood and what I had seen about your contribution as well as your notoriety, it was it was easy for me, yet it was you to say, hey dude. You know, you gotta check out Mac. And 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 I was not because I was not born here. Uh, anybody else who's in the mini bike scene on the West Coast, they know Mac like they yeah, know. Right? Everyone knows Mac. Yeah. He goes to the swap, the cycle swap meets and sells. He goes to the regular swap meets by his house. They're like on Wednesdays at the dry, old uh, drive-ins. He goes to those. He goes to San Diego to the go kart. Uh, Swap meets. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's got parts. I'll tell you, he has his own little uh, yard sale in January. It's epic. That I place. I help him unload, and I'm like, oh man, I'm tired for a week dragging all those crates out. He's I've gone. I've, I I went once, um, and I was unable to go the last couple of years. And I have had Mac as an exhibitor. In fact, he's my first swap meter he'll always have that first space that prime space until i'm dead he'll always be there and and here's the deal he ain't just slinging parts what i love about it is these guys will walk in there and he'll give him like give him like a bag of knowledge 
Oh, yeah. These guys come in here, think they need a carburetor, tell them what's wrong. He's like, you don't need that. You need this. Or I can't find this. And they'll like pull out 50 of them. Um, so him and his contribution that you helped me recognize made him a very suitable, perfect candidate for the Hall of Fame. So with Dave and with Mac, um, I went from this, what's this half-assed show idea, Hall of Fame deal. I went, that really gave me, that gave me some credibility because these were two-point guys. It was, it was a pretty good selection for my first two picks in the draft, so to speak, you know? And then to have seen that graduate, to include you, uh, as well as uh, Joe Ravello, who we mentioned earlier, uh, you were, as I said earlier, a natural um, Joe for obviously having um, the reins on one of these epic brands, uh, Taco Mini Bikes. Um, and now as we head into this past year, um, both Charles Mini Drag Bike and uh, Home Alone uh, were inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I think those guys, too, are very uh, suitable for yeah, it. I know both those guys. Home Alone rode my Bonanza drag bike a few times out there at Compton where we race on the street. And they call him the best. Do you, do you think oh, he's yeah, the he's best? he's good. He's good. He's light. Right. He's little. Yep. And he's fast with the uh, throttle. You know, I got to talk to him a lot. And it was uh, during that time, unfortunately, that he had had his accident. And um, oh, that reminds me of a story. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> Those little stickers you were talking about. Yeah, the Evil Ed stickers. Home alone after the, we stopped racing my bike, he said, "You know what? I always carry this around. Open up his wallet. There's that sticker of me in his wallet every time." And I'm like, "You already showed me that." Well, yeah, but. I got to show you again. <laughs> well, that's part of the folklore. That's part of the evil Ed. Take that out of there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's creepy as shit, I would think, if someone had like a a, a line art sketch drawing of you. It, it, was, it, was your, it wasn't even was your cropped beard. It was stickers and some so forgot who printed them up. The people were putting them on their campers and stuff. I'm, hey, when was the last time you, you know, your beard is quaffed. Like you take care of that thing. But like how often do you typically trim that thing? Uh, maybe once a month. And how's that but work? Today's a, like a rainy day. It's kind of frizzy. Yeah, it's, it's, frizzy. it's like it's like a hat, isn't it, today? It's fr kind of frizzy. Uh, how long have you had that, Ed? Oh, I had it forever. Have you really? Yeah, I the shaved most... it off once. When? Back in, well, I had it ever since I could start growing it. Okay. So was that oh, high school? I was like 15. Oh, okay. I started early. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, it sounds like it. And... I just let it grow, and then uh, I got a job at Lockheed in, like, 1980, and then I got laid off a few times, went back, and then when I went back one year, we had to take a respirator class. Well, I had worked so long, and I knew I was going to get laid off again, and they wanted me to take the respirator class. Well, 3M was given the class and the test. They wouldn't test you if you had a beard. Huh? You so you just, had to. It was an automatic no, so you couldn't keep your job. <laughs> that choice is pretty much made for you. They were going to make you wear a respirator. And right. Other times it wasn't mandatory to wear a respirator because they had these special downdraft booths and, and stuff. But then. So you knew you at least so had to go. They kept telling me you got to take the respirator class, and I kept telling them, "I'm going to get laid off." 
I keep thinking you're, you're saying you're, well, you got to shave and take the respirator. I go, I'm getting laid off. I keep thinking so you're saying I'm going to get laid is what I keep thinking oh, you're going to say. Go ahead. I came in one day, shaved, and they said, okay, we'll set the appointment up. And two days before my appointment, I got laid off. <laughs> so I never did take the respirator <laughs> test. Hey, are there pictures looking of you without a beard anywhere? Um, <laughs> hey, if anybody's got one, send them in. We'll no, give you a free T-shirt. So. I have a photo of me and a couple friends taken back in well, maybe 79, 78. Clean shaven or yeah, just the mustache? Yeah, I had like sideburns and um, mustache going. But you're going out with that thing now, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're going out I've with it. I've had it too long. I can never grow one that big. I had one, but it was just a little bit too spotty. And I think I could probably pull it off now, but either you can do it well or you can't do it. Uh, you wear that beard well. Uh, again, it's it's been enough to get you the face of the mini bike world, so it can't be that bad. So the the show. I tell only one uh, thing: it's turning grayer every day. I think it's been gray ever since I've known you, though. I don't remember it being I dark. I looked at my old driver's license picture, and there's a lot of black and brown in there. Well, there's the I one look at shot. this driver's license picture. I don't see any of that. The one shot from Windbear where you're just sitting on the bike kind of out looking like you're looking for deer out there. I don't know what the hell you're looking at out there. You're just pondering. It looks like you got a little of the formula in there. It's like you brushed the, something in there. It looks no, a little Just blow dark. dry it. Just blow dry it? Blow dry. Uh, we have this little event now. Uh, Paul's done his deal out there in Oxnard, which was really cool when I had gone out there uh, got to ride around. Then we got chased by the cops. <laughs> that was pretty. That was that kind was of ironic a, because my friend from from Florida was out there. Oh yeah, he almost he was the one who got caught in the in the uh, the cornfields. Yeah, the cornfields. And there. what happened? He talked back to the cop or something. He he went from it being a simple little deal to almost like being some nasty. Oh yeah, they wanted to haul him in jail. <laughs> Could you imagine that? So we went out there. Here he is from Florida, riding a borrowed mini bike. <laughs> They're gonna throw him butt in jail for riding on the cornfields. When I went up there, I went up there with Scott Colleen, and Scott's a great automotive um, photographer and journalist. Um, he just left LA. He he went to Vegas, man. He said, like, "I've had it." Uh, how are you, Scotty? That's his bike right there, the Nova. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scott came to my show the first year. In fact, he has the uh, Scott owns that white Nova that. Um, there was a scruffy old dog sitting on top of it in one of the early photos from Joe's mini bike reunion that I think my daughter took the photo. Um, and it was one of the cooler photos. And uh, he gave me that bike. He gave me that bike and told me that um, his wife wanted it out and that it was a no brainer for him to get it to me. And when he brought it over, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking jammed in over here, right? Like, look, you can't even spin around the chair. But I took it because it was like at the time rat rods were getting really cool and it just gave me that whole feel. So I really thought that was like a rat rod original. And, and, and some of it is, but underneath there, there's like a purple paint job or like a burgundy. Ed, and that's a Nova. Do you remember the Novas? They were an LA built bike. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a sturdy bike. Roman Novas or something? Yeah, Roman Novas. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that thick old sprocket in the back. Yep. Um, it's got a setup that although it isn't, it looks like a jack shaft setup. It's just the scrub brake, but it, it's thick. Um, well, that's back when they built stuff. Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> something that I was going to bring up earlier, and I didn't. There was over 200 manufacturers of mini bikes that I see on online at one time. 
And 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 that to me, they were all like a, a hint of one of the other. Yeah, basically. You know, a little bit of a the little Indian Rutman, whether you go into the, the there's some comparisons I think where they just were branches of, but the fact was that everybody had one. The story that I love the most is the one about Rutman where they were they built them kind of out of necessity just to get around working on the cars at the pits. They they just concocted one and it worked. And the other racers were watching these guys zip around, whether it's to grab a tool to go grab the fuel or get down to the track or right. go grab lunch or go smoke a joint, wherever they did back then. They took off on this little pit bike that they built. And the other racers begged, pleaded, and offered money for them to build one for them. It'd be like having the first uh, jack on rollers. You know, that guy was probably pretty popular because everybody else said, ah. So they came up with that mini bike, the Rutman, started selling them to other racers to the point that it, it launched their production of Rutman mini bikes. Now, the, the, the story also includes a portion of it where they say that it wasn't that clean of a deal and that some of it could have been a result of them stealing some of the secrets from what the little Indian guys had invested in and what they, they had created. In fact, there are some cues on the Rutman because I don't, in fact, there's a little Indian behind you. The Rutmans, we've worked together on yeah. both of those projects. But those bikes do have some similarities. But it ain't no difference than, I don't know, man. What? Well, there's GM and, 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 and Chevrolet and Pontiac and Ford and Mercury. I mean, they're all something. They're all some from the same core. They're we're, all we're just, from the same General Motors. But, Eddie, we go from 200 to balls. We got like this. You know, Joe's out there doing his deal. With Taco, you got Asusa doing whatever they're they're, they they're doing. Frame. Okay, right. Um, then you have there's uh, some guys in San Diego from LA. Yeah, um, I I look at that regional and I could be I don't know Joe. In fact, I'd like to to meet Joe well, sometime. Never met him. Yeah, well, so we'll have to do that. But Joe's got a little bit of cult notoriety here, but no one's really talking about a Joe's frame. I don't think quite yet on the East Coast. Um, but. There, there is nobody with... You have Temecula Bob. Temecula Bob, but he's like a hardcore builder. Like, he's in there doing his stuff. You know, to me, he falls into that category. But there's nobody mass-producing these bikes right. anymore. The, the days of 200 have dwindled down to on one hand. In the same spirit of what we're doing with these events and these, these podcasts, I hope that it spurs it up where somebody... I don't know. Maybe it's... Um, maybe it's Borle Exhaust. Man, maybe it's Sean... And Ron Gibson from Gibson Exhaust, they're bending pipes. They've already got the building. They've already got the 30 guys. They've got the love for the bikes. All these guys who own these exhaust companies, you think David Borla and Alex Borla don't love going fast and building shit? They, they love it. And mini bikes still gives even those guys a hard on. They oh, love yeah. mini bikes. So imagine if one of these pipe companies, these exhaust companies, these two bending guys, start bending some steel, man. Uh, the days of everybody worried about the mini bike running over Tommy and is cutting his toe off and being sued for a million dollars. We're not as, is it a litigious society as we were before? However you say that. So I think that if you can get people to do a zip lines off of fucking buildings, that somebody can have the balls to start building mini bikes again. And whether it's somebody that's listening, whether it's you or whether it's me, I look forward to that time again where it's not 200 dead, but it sure ain't four. Yeah. I like to see some full-size mini bikes. I like to see some eight-horsepower engines. You see what the six-and-a-half-horsepower Predator is doing. Everybody gets them. Everybody loves them. So we've kind of gone from a three-and-a-half yeah. to a five-horse. I'm going to try and build them. I have a, a Hemi Predator at home. 
the V twins, right? No, no, just the six and a half. It's a Hemi. Okay, but they don't sell them in California. Well, you just make the call, cousin Eddie's over there, and, and my and friend pick. from back. East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he sent me. Sure. One. Um, yeah, I think that. In, in fact, when um, Gerald, um, in fact, um, everybody keep good thoughts for Gerald, right? Um, Gerald's battling some cancer issues. He's been kicking its ass, but I know it's been doing a little bit of the same on him as he as he goes through his chemo. But he, I, I was lucky enough to have him. In fact, he was a cool guy. He rolled all the way out there from the Inland Empire. Yeah, for I went a couple, out to his house once. It was a long ride. It is. And he rolled out and <laughs> gave me a great deal on Frankenstein. Yeah. The roller, um, which Jake now has. And that's the bike that you see called Frankenstein. It's on oldminibikes.com yeah. under the buildup. Uh-huh. Uh, that would have been another bike I would have put in the back of your truck, but I have been invading you for the last six, seven months. Um, let me take a second and talk to you a little bit about that. Um, this, the fiber lock bike that we built, as well as the help that you had with the engine on the uh, CRC bike that was at SEMA, um, those, those two builds, as you could probably tell, because you were there more than most while I was going through it, it was a real exciting thing for me. And it it was exciting for me, not because I could walk around touting I built the bikes or touting really much of anything with the exception of having the contact and the idea and the vision to let mini bikes start to serve as a way to have these automotive, primarily these automotive guys who build cars traditionally to promote their products would even just think about mini bikes. Right. And I had this hunch <clears throat> that, again, you probably saw on my face that I knew, because I just saw, and you see it, you probably see it more than I do what happens when you roll out on a mini bike, people go nuts. Yeah, everyone looks at it and says, ooh, ah, yeah, I remember those. They show you their scars and all this other stuff. They all have a story. So I, I knew it and... Dude, it was creepy because people were like, who's this fucking guy talking about mini bikes? Like, all right, it's good enough already. Oh, yeah. It's like you're 55. Go, go find a hobby, right? It's like, shouldn't you be whittling wood or shouldn't you be like, <laughs> well, you got to do something. That's what I'm saying. Plus, it's like, yeah, okay, great, go ahead, fucking typecast me already. But you just watch. I used to tell Linda. I still tell her. I say these mini bikes are gonna be big. <laughs> it's like these mini bikes are gonna be huge. It's getting bigger. I remember when I joined OldMiniBikes.com. The site started in like 06. I joined in 07 because I heard about it. And, you know, there was a few people on there, but now it's like just, they have so many members. Yeah, well, it's, it's reflective like, Whoa, of. Oh, wait a minute. You got like over, what, I think it was like 30,000 people. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, when you think about it, you line up 30,000 people, that's, that's. That's a lot of people. Yeah, and, and that's just a scratch of what you see. You know how many people that are into it that don't respond? They don't want to be involved in these Yeah, a lot of people that are restoring mini bikes, like mini bike Paul makes the decals. Yep. He always mentions old mini bikes to them, and they go, oh, no, we never even heard of that site. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole underground group that yeah. they're never going to go online. They're not going to be on some Facebook or Twitter or doing some podcast thing. Hopefully, maybe they will, but the fact is there's there's a group of them out there. Um, and... and when I saw the results, as you did at SEMA, when these two half-ass guys out of California putting together this little mini bike thing, when when and Mike Robledo, what's happening, Mikey? When Mike Robledo and I picked that bike up 
the night before the show opened, and we rolled it through the Las Vegas Hilton. From the time it, or not, it's now the Westgate. The West excuse Gate, me. Yeah. <laughs> when we when we took it out of the car, before we even got through that revolving door into the lobby, three people. We go down the steps, ten people. We go down the hall, twenty people. It it was by the time we literally got into the show floor. Not only were we hot and sweaty, but I knew Ed. I had the sweat success. I knew because everywhere we you went, people were looking. People were looking. People were stopping people on the shoulder and pointing to it. And then at the show, because none of that would have mattered unless the client felt the same way. When I went down there, I do a few things at SEMA, so I'm always running around, different shirts, different times. Yeah, I saw you. <laughs> I love that shit, right? Um, but I had to find the appropriate time to go to CRC. I didn't want to be there first thing. First day of the show, I wanted to have a chance to have some legs. And then the two VPs that were really instrumental in me getting this done, they had a booth at the the Big Wig show, the Apex show, which is a little bit of a different spin. So the VPs were there the first and second day. So I couldn't even see the people that I had really sold this deal to until the third, third day of the day. show. Well, by the third day of the show, the reports that they had already received prompted them to come a little bit earlier. We, hit, we were there with Jesse Combs, who was a big, uh, and still is a great endorser for CRC products. She had a line that was a half mile long. And we had a mile that wasn't quite that long, but it, 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 was, um, it was amazing to see what that hunch come to fruition. And when you and I were over there shooting those stupid photos of us from the booth, that was a fun weekend for me, man. And it also gave me um, the vehicle through the success of that bike to do the Fiberlock bike. Yeah. And that's where you came in. Yeah, that um, was a, that was a talk a little bit about that because I see the feedback on it and um, I see people like the end result of that yeah, build. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, it was really more cosmetic the stuff and it was really more NASCAR themed. But all those little things, whether it was the net or the what the, the stickers net, on the tire, remember those the, those the stickers, stickers? Christ, oh, <laughs> God. dude. The last day and Ed, look. I was there for four hours that day. <laughs> and, and you had had it at that point, right? You're like, look, you and these stickers, I'm going to come over there and shove them up these your ass. These stickers are, are driving me crazy here, Joe. I bought three sets of those fucking things. And I sat out there that morning. Can I smoke here? You can do whatever you want here, please. And uh, I took... So you just mentioned Fiberlock bike, and I'm getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I said Fiberlock, not biking. Um, these, I stood out there with that X-Acto knife and my coffee... And God knows whatever else. I mean, I have patience, but yeah. Well, oh. look, dude, I had, so so I do one side. It's like, well, here's the deal. I'm doing one side. I'm doing one side. They can just show that bike and that one side. That's it. And so, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 through the first letter of the first tire, and I'm like, I I'm I'm gonna kill myself with that exacto knife. <laughs> and something happened. I got the first one on the G. The second letter made me want to kill something, break something, call you up, not finish the bike. I was ready to get out of it. I was the ready problem not do I the... had is I couldn't get them off the, the plastic. Yeah, I, and I found out why. I found out why. I found out why. Because when I first got them, the guy says, as soon as you get your package, check them for correctness. Otherwise, return them within whatever it is, 32 seconds. I open them up. I look at them. I fucking spell Goodyear. I looked at six of them. It's like, great. Well, I left them in the envelope. Remember, you used to come over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't leave them out. You can't leave them out open, exposed, because well, they like, get dried out. And when they get dried <laughs> out. So I that's what that you got. You got the stickers on the around there. everywhere. Like, oh, man. So, so I got the fresh ones. But even the fresh ones, like I said, I, I, the G, terrible. The, the second O, uh, suicidal. 
<laughs> around the third O, I got it. And then I got a little bit of a click. And I got to the second one. And then I grew the balls to do the other side. And then I was committed. I wanted to give up, but I couldn't now because I had to finish. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I had to cut a little bit of letters to make an O out of a C or whatever. <laughs> and so I'm doing all that stuff. And, and, and I was so... As excited as I was on the CRC bike, I was so nervous with the fiber lock bike because not only did we have to get it built, if you recall, but then we had to get it shipped to St. Louis. We had to ship it, yeah. We had to get it. We had to build crate. a crate. It was, it was like there was a lot to it. And, and that's where all this stuff where I say things like, oh, don't worry. No problem. I got it. I will just ship it. We'll just build a crate. I will just paint it. Oh, don't worry. We'll redo it. And then we put that gas tank on there to make it look. It look oh, yeah. Like well, it, it looked just like it. In fact, yeah. the, there's pictures of the fiber lock gas tank on our website. Uh, excuse me, the Facebook page. Uh, great job, Gerald. Uh, great job in the paint, incidentally. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was those little things. I'm glad that you mentioned that. You know, by us taking this real product and making it a gas tank, or in the case of uh, the CRC, cool. yeah, yeah. with the brake clean, where we made that the gas tank, yeah. uh, that was really cool. Uh, that was a really nice touch. With the CRC bike, the red, uh, that was a Frioli. That was a kit that I got uh, with the help from Taco Joe. Taco Joe, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the newer ones. We modified it a little bit. We cleaned up a little bit. You know, we painted it up nice. It, it burnt helped out on that as well. Uh, we had a nice seat made by um, uh, Tim down at uh, Speed Straps. He does a little custom work. That bike wasn't really much of a thing. It was that Clinton engine. And you did a nice job brake. putting that together. My buddy but the disc brake. The disc brake uh, really pointed it out. Uh, the fiber lock bike was nice because it tied in O'Reilly's. And O'Reilly's, as you know, is huge. In oh, fact, yeah. We love those guys. We go there constantly. Our O'Reilly's <laughs> here on the corner. Well, you know. You get the pictures of us shopping. <laughs> and we and, and, and that was the thing about the O'Reilly's bike and the CRC fiber lock bike, I, I like should say. I that bike. Remember we walked in there like with the empty basket? Like, oh, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. It's got to get done. Well, um, you and I, if anybody shared the pressure of the bike, it's you and I. But honestly, no risk, no reward. We're low-key. Like, I ain't doing this shit to be famous. It's mini bikes, okay? If I want to be famous, we find something with a little bit more pizzazz. But, Ed, look, um, I'm enjoying it now. I'm enjoying the fact that it was a successful promotion for the... For, this is a huge company. Like, you go Google CRC Industries. Yeah. And guess who pops up? Joe's mini bike. And you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when the fiber lock thing starts to blow up, um, look, I'm hoping. In fact, I'll ask him for the order right now. Can I please build the Stay Lube bike? Like, I'm ready to go. See the Stay Lube can up there? Yeah. And I got an idea for that to blend into, like, that Frankenstein bike. Stay Lube's been around forever. Yeah, well, you know. And that's, like, a great brand. And to be a part of, like, imagine. So here we go. Two overgrown kids stick around with mini bikes. Where we're going to maybe now be in the midst, Eddie, of building promotional bikes for billion-dollar companies, dude. Yeah, that's cool. So the little pressure, we'll take it. Um... We're going to kind of shut this thing down like they typically do. We had like a 90-minute window. It goes quick. Um, Ed, thank you. Has it been that long already? It seems like it. I probably didn't shut up for most of the time, but that's what they say. Keep talking, right? Um, here's what I'd like to do. Uh, you have an open garage. Um, I'd like you to not only help me bring in the appropriate guy, just like you guided me with some of the Hall of Fame selections. I want some appropriate people sitting where you are. You set a, you set a pretty high benchmark for these guys to come in now on the show. Um, let's talk about some future guests because the guys that, that I wanted to talk about, um, let's face it, Jake's doing some really cool shit. Jake Moe. Jake Moe. 
Yeah. A kid came into my mini bike show the first year and he set, set it on fire for me. I love that dude. I love his son. I love his wife. I love everything they stand for. I, I love the pureness of that guy. He's like, he's us. So I'm, I got I got Frankenstein in his shop. I'm going to have him build me fender covers for the 51. Oh, cool. <laughs> Make it look like an Apache. But I'm going to blow him up. I'm going to blow him up in roadkill. He's going to build some bikes for us. Cool. All right. So I got to get Jake in here. Hopefully he brings my bike in too. It'd be a great opportunity for me to get my bike back. Got to get Taco Bill in here. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Taco Bill, um, I need Charles in here. Mini drag bike. I'd like to get him in here. Um, I'm sure I'll have an opportunity to get some of our other Hall of Famers in here. I also want to, you know, um, uh, Frank and Brian. Oh, yeah. Uh, Callie and his brother. They've been doing some shit, these guys. They're they're getting pretty heavy in the drag bike building. Yeah, and and, um, I got a call from... Uh, Brian and I, we give each other shit. In fact, Brian was giving, remember Brian was giving a shit about we put for engine modifications, E3 spark plug yeah. on our build. Yeah. So I've been friends with him and he's into G bodies. And I was, I have like my 85 Monte Carlo. So we got all that, but, uh, I got a call from Frank. Oh yeah. Yeah. Frank. It's like, you know, Frank's making some things happen with his pipes and he's selling them now. Yeah. And, he's um, selling those pipes. He's selling so a lot of them. He wanted to come to the show and him and I start talking and it's like, man, I don't want 25 bucks or 50 bucks for a booth. You can have as much space as you want. It's like, give away some pipes to my guys. Give away some product. I'm all about giving stuff away. I don't need the 75 bucks for, you know, 75 feet of grass, with, you know, next to the dog park. Bring, bring as much stuff as you want. Bring me some pipes. As the conversation progressed, I said, look, how about we do a roller? I give bikes away every year. I gave away a little Indian last year, taco the year before. So we're going to give away a roller. And that was a result of, some stupid Facebook post I made and some reception I got back from him. He wants to step it up this year, and we're going to help him do that. So we're going to have him in there. Um, guardrail Dave's down the street. Yeah, let's rattle this cage. I haven't heard from him. Um, hey, give us a couple parting shots. Anything that we maybe didn't talk about? You want to say hello to anybody? Yeah, let's say hi to my friends in Michigan on Facebook and. My friends out here in California and my friends in Pennsylvania, you know who you are. Uh, you'll be in Pennsylvania hunting those guys for the event when June. When is it, June? Uh, Father's Day weekend. Father's Day. Who's gonna, who are you going to hang out with back there? Well, my friend Gerald, I did a bike for him. It was uh, uh, I painted it for him. Oh, okay. He assembled it, and he won Best in Show. Pow! At the Winbury reunion with it. That was the Jack Spitler bike. Okay. It's a dual engine. And um, I like hanging out with him. I like hanging out with Drew. Yep. Um, yeah, Drew's the guy behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Making it all happen over there. Yep. I like to meet Drew. I think Drew and I may have gotten through one of those email introductions, which don't always work out. No, they never do. Plus, I'm an asshole on that, too. Uh, I, I, I felt a little bit guarded, as I said earlier on. But, you know, right now... I ain't feeling that way, Eddie. I feel like uh, I'm a part of the team. I'd like to say hi to my friend JD if he's in there from SI Valves. He built the motor for me. We used to drag race it out there. How about Tim Adiski? He's been Tim Adiski gave me a cam. <laughs> I love Tim. Well, I want to give a couple shout outs too to join in, and that goes to all my sponsors for the event. Uh, I've got one that's really dear to my heart uh, Camel Automotive, been with me forever, right down the street. You know, great little shop. Uh, Lisa, Tommy, and Bill, and all the family over there, thank you. Love you. Uh, my friends at Pioneer, my friends at uh, Mother's Polish, they've been with me forever, man. 
Um, thank you guys. They're always there stepping it up. Um, I've got some hopes that we're going to continue what we started here tonight, which is some cool podcasts. They're going to air uh, bi-weekly. Twice a month you'll hear from us. That's cool. I want to thank my wife and family. I want to thank all my friends back in Utica, New York. All my folks who come to Joe's Mini Bike Reunion, which is October the 1st. CV Park in La Crescenta. Be there. Yeah. See you next time. Show.